that we are following Jesus, what does that look like on a day-to-day basis? How do I live that out at Monday at work and when me and my husband or me and my wife aren't getting along and all those different things? How, how does that reality of Easter live itself out on a day-to-day basis? And today we're going to talk about all the different voices that we hear. What's true about me and true about you is that we are bombarded through commercials and through news and through newspapers and through social media and through other people that are in our life, just all of these voices, hey, buy this thing and come this direction and hey, this is where you should go and this is what kind of life you should be leading. All of us are, and John is going to show us this morning, there is one voice that we can listen to, but it doesn't take, it takes a little bit of effort that we have to kind of lean into it because there's so much other noise around us. You've met people and maybe you're sitting by somebody that's like this, that they're really, really confident, but sometimes really, really wrong. Everybody met anybody like that? You ever been married to somebody like that? That I mean, they are as confident as could be about what they think, and then in the end, it's just... It's just wrong, and we have that in our life. I've I've been that way. I've been that way. You know, this is what we should do. No, that wasn't what we should do. I've given people construction advice very confidently. This is how you should do it, and it was wrong. When I was getting ready to get married, engaged, I had this idea confidently. This is what marriage is going to be like. How many of you know? Your boy was wrong. Your boy was wrong. We, we, we're, we're confident. And what John is going to tell us this morning is that there are lots of voices in, the, in our world, lots of things that want to point you in all of these directions, but God has a direction for our life. And if we're not careful, we will lean into a voice that is not the voice of God, and we will inevitably end up where we don't want to be. We have this. You see a commercial and it says, if you buy this, then you'll be. Finally, you'll be happy. If you could just be this way, then you'll be happy. If this could just happen in your life, then you'll be happy. If you did, then you would. And we all fall for it at different times or another. We all say, that's exactly what I need to do. What I really need is a new relationship or a new car or this or a change or a different. And that's going to be the thing that makes me happy. And maybe even for a little bit, it does. It it works. But then it just inevitably falls apart. And so we listen to a new voice. John is going to tell us this morning, there are voices that compete with the voice of God. And if you're not careful, you'll end up somewhere that you don't want to be. And so First John chapter 4, we're going to start in verse number 1. And let me just read it for you. I'll make a couple of comments along the way, and then we'll kind of get practical and, and help us to understand what this means for our life. Dear friends, do not believe... Everyone. So just be careful that, that there's some things that you ought not believe. There are some things that sound right in the moment that are confident, but you've got to be careful because they're going to lead you into a wrong path. Now, now John, we've talked about this several weeks ago, just for a little bit of backstory. John was specifically trying to attack this Gnosticism is what they called it, that Jesus wasn't really the Son of God, that he was a flesh and bone person like us, and then the Spirit of Jesus descended on him, and then the Spirit of Jesus left him right before his crucifixion because God can't die. That's called Gnosticism. It's not a thing that is around anymore, but that's what John is talking about, and you're going to see him talking about, but in our world, we don't have Gnosticism, but we've got lots of things. We've got lots of voices. We've got lots of, here's the carrot. If you'll just take this carrot, you'll be better, and you'll be happier, all the things, and so John says, dear friends, 
do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit, who claims to lead you into the, the best life and be claims to, to speak God's words. You must test them. Like, is this really real? You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. For there's many false prophets in the world. There's many things and many companies and many organizations that look at our life and look at my life and say, this is the way you should walk. This is the direction you should go. But this is how we know if they have the Spirit of God, if a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God. That's that Gnosticism he's, he's talking about. Verse number three, but if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the spirit of the Antichrist, so it's opposite of Christ. It's different than Christ, which you have heard is coming into the world, and indeed is already here. Sometimes we think about Antichrist like the end times and revelations, and there's part of, of that, but, but what John is saying is that's like the main Antichrist, but that we can all, at different times in our life, we can veer towards other than Christ. I can veer towards, this is what Christ wants, but I'm going to listen to this voice, and I'm going to go an, a different way, another way from Christ. That's anti-Christ. Verse number four, but you, and this is the important line right here, but you belong to God. And that's who John is writing to. John is writing to people who have taken the cross and the message of Jesus' resurrection seriously. They've leaned into that. They've stepped across the line of faith. And he says, because of that decision, you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won victory over those people because the spirit, this is so important, who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Those people, the people that, that don't belong to God, those people belong to the world, so they speak from the world's viewpoint. They speak from the, this is what I feel, and so this is what I'm gonna do. This is what seems right, and so this is what I'm gonna do. That's that world view, that whatever feels right in the moment, whatever would make me happy in the moment, that's the direction I'm gonna go. But John is saying, those people are not from God. Those people belong to the world, so they speak from the world's point of view, and the world listens to them. And if we're not careful, we'll listen to them. But we, he says it again, we belong to God, and those who know God listen to us. If they do not belong to God, they don't listen to us. And this is how we know if someone has the spirit of truth or the spirit, important word, of deception. And so that's kind of what John is trying to get us to listen to today, is to understand there's all of these quote-unquote prophets, all of these people that look at you and look at me and say, this is the way you should walk. This is the way you should spend your money. This is how you should do your relationships. This is how you should do all of these different things. And if you'll follow me, then you'll be happy. But John says those voices, they might be loud and they might be confident, but they'll take you to a place that you don't want to go. And so what we have to do is lean into and recognize there is a voice from the Father that if we will lean into it, he'll take us in the direction that is the best for our life, that we belong to God, and because we belong to God, I can hear the voice of God. Maybe you've been at like a football stadium or a loud concert or something like this, and you get a phone call, and there's so much noise, what do you have to do to be able to hear the important information coming on the other line? You've got to kind of remove yourself from the noise. You go out into the lobby, or you go out into the hallway, because there's so much competing noise, I can't hear what the person on the phone is saying. That's what in our life that we sometimes have to do. 
I get so much information and so much noise and so many things saying, come this way and do this, and if you'll just go this way, that sometimes I have to pull back and say, I, I can't hear God's voice. I can't follow where God wants me to go because of all the other competing things. And so if you happen to fall asleep this morning, if you're watching online, and if you lose internet connection, let me give you the big idea. Let me give you the kind of the main thing, the main thing that we're going to talk about today, and then we'll kind of break it down. Here's the big idea, that the voices you believe determine the life that you will lead. The voices, not the voices that you hear, because all of us hear all these voices, but the voices that you believe determine the life that you will lead. You've met people that live this out. That there's people that you know, maybe you know them personally, maybe they are you. That they believed that more things will make me more happy, and so they just got themselves into extraordinary, extraordinary debt. And they believed a voice, and that voice led them in a direction, and now they're suffering the consequences of that direction. I don't know how we're going to pay all of our bills. And it started with a voice. You need to have. You should get a newer. You should get a nicer. If you only had, then you would be happy. And they believed it and it's lived itself out. There's people that are, are today addicted. And at some point they believed a voice that, hey, this won't hurt you. This isn't that big of a deal. Oh, you can just try it just a little bit. And they move on through that voice and it's determined now the life that they will lead. A person that you know, maybe a person that you grew up with, maybe someone that works with you, they just jump from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship. Why? Because they, they believe a voice. They say, well, well, because I'm not happy here in this day and there's conflict, I better jump ship. The grass is greener on the other side. And I, I'm, not, I'm not sufficient in my, of myself. I can't just be single. I've got too much insecurity. And so there's these voices that I'm listening to, and they're determining the life that we will lead. But the good news is that John says you belong to God, that you have the opportunity to hear God's voice. And belonging to God means that you can follow a better voice. There, there's, you're not going to get away from it. You, as long as you are alive, you are going to hear all sorts of voices. There's going to be all sorts of carrots dangled in your direction. Hey, walk this way. Hey, come and do this. This is the thing. You're unhappy? Oh, here's why. And if you'll just do this or buy this or come into this, then you'll be happy and, and you won't have all these problems. And so we try it. But you belong to God, John says. And because we belong to God, there is a better voice that we can listen to. Jesus himself said it this way. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep, that's us, recognize his voice. There's all sorts of voices, but I belong to God. I'm one of the sheep. They recognize his voice and they come. He calls his own sheep by name. And what does he do? He leads them. The voices that you believe determine the life that you will lead. And so because I belong to God, I can listen to a better voice. And after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them. That he, he doesn't just say, hey, go on, try your best and, you know, hope you, hope you make it. No, he goes ahead of us. He leads us. He gathers, gathers his own flocks. He walks ahead of them. And why? They follow him because, oh, that's, that's the voice of the Father. That's, that's the voice that's going to take me to the place that I should be. And it's not going to be an easy life always, and it's not going to be a carefree life, but it is the life that God has called me to live. And God's voice is not always going to be the loudest voice. Sometimes we have to remove ourselves from all of the noise and get to a quiet place and say, God, where are you leading me? Am I paying attention to some voices that aren't your voice? 
And God's voice certainly isn't the only voice, but you belong to God. And so it's the right voice. It is the voice that will take you where God wants you to be. And so here's what I want to do today with that idea. The voices that you believe determine the life that you will lead. I want to look at three characters in the scripture that they had these two conflicting voices. They had this voice that, of fear and guilt and insecurity. And then they heard the voice of God and we see a shift in their life. And it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And the hope is, is that the same thing can be true of you because here's what's true about you and here's what's true about me is that you are listening to a voice that your life is moving in a direction based on the voices that you're listening to and you probably just like I we might not have ever sat down and thought about what voices are the loudest voices in my life and what voice is the steering wheel of my life but you are going in a direction you are moving to a place, and so the question that you owe it to yourself to ask is, is the voice that I'm listening to taking me to the place that I wanna be? Are the voices that are directing and steering my life going to take me to the place that I'm going to be? Here's what he said, hey, let's not follow the stranger. Don't, 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 don't follow these strange voices, I, I belong to God, and because I belong to God, all of these competing voices, oh, those are strange voices. I, I'm not following those. They're going to run from it because I don't know that voice. That voice is not familiar to me. And so because I belong to God, here's, here's three things that we can do because we belong to God. We'll talk about three little Bible characters. Because I belong to God, here's the first one. I can be who God calls me to be. When I listen to the right voices and because I belong to God and he leads me and guides me, I can be who God wants me to be. There was a Peter, he was one of Jesus' original disciples. You've heard his story. And he's got all sorts of flaws and all sorts of struggles. But Peter eventually became kind of a leader of the church. And he became this person that people name their kids after. And there's churches named after him. And he's a wonderful, wonderful man. But he wasn't always that way. Because he, for a while, for a season, he listened to that voice of fear. And maybe you're here this morning watching online. And if you're honest, the voice of fear is pretty loud in your life. And the voice of fear dictates, this is what I can do, and this is what I can say, and this is what I can't do. And you've got a friend in, in Peter. Because Peter, as Jesus was arrested, maybe you remember the story, Jesus was being tried, and people found Peter, and they said, hey, I think you're one of them. Here's the story. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but you can read it for yourself later if you want. Meanwhile, Peter, who's one of Jesus' best friends, I mean, this is the guy that just hours ago said, Jesus, man, if they kill you, they're going to have to kill me too. If they get to you, they're going to have to go through me first. And then fear starts to creep into Peter's life. He was sitting outside the courtyard. A servant girl came over and said to him, hey, I, you were one of those with Jesus, the Galilean. But Peter, no, no, no. I got that voice of fear. Denied it in front of everyone. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know the person. And then an amazing, amazing thing happened. So he, he followed this voice of, of fear, and then Jesus is resurrected, and Jesus comes, and he can talks to Peter, and you can read the whole story for yourself if you want. And he says, Peter, feed my sheep, and he calls Peter to be this, this wonderful person. And then just weeks later, in front of this same group of people that Peter said, I don't know him, I've never met him, I don't even know who you're talking about. In the same exact city, 
a couple weeks later, Peter was listening to a different voice, and he preached this extraordinary, extraordinary sermon. You can read it for yourself if you want in Acts chapter 2, but let me just pull out the end of Peter's sermon. The same guy that cursed and was intimidated by a teenage girl saying, I think that you are one of Jesus' followers. The same person that was listening and following the voice of fear, here's what he said. Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. He's, he's standing in front of thousands of people. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What happened to Peter? Did, did Peter just suddenly get more self-confident, or did he listen to a different voice? Did, did he decide, I'm going to listen to the voice of Jesus. I saw Jesus die, and then I saw him raised back to life, and because of the voice, man, it changes his direction, and Peter would later die for what he said he saw. He was no longer controlled by the voice of fear. He was controlled by the voice of God, and so the same is true for you. God, God calls you to do some things. God calls you to be a person that is following him, and he calls you who you are, and so the question that you have to wrestle with is, am I being what all of these competing voices are calling me to be, or am I being what the one I belong to calls me to be? Here's a, just a, you know, maybe, and maybe this isn't for you, maybe you're good, but maybe for some of you, this is kind of the one. This is, of all the three things, because I belong to God, I can be who God wants me to be. Can I just encourage you? The only one that, that should define you is, is the one that created you. Don't let, don't let these other voices, the voice of your past, the voice of your ex, the voice of your grade, GPA, whatever it is, don't let those other voices define you. Don't let those voices say, well, you can never make it, and you can't be, and you're never going to accomplish anything, and you're never going to rise. No, don't listen to that voice. That, 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 if you believe that voice, it will determine the way that your life leads. But you belong to God. And because you belong to God, you can be who God calls you to be. And not only that, because you belong to God, I can do what God calls me to do. I can be who God calls me to be because I'm listening to his voice. This is who you say that I am. And I can also do what he's called me to do. Here's what's true about you. And it's not just a preacher thing. Is that God has a plan for your life. And God wants you to do some things, and he's given you unique gifts and unique talents and unique abilities so that you can not just fulfill yourself, but so that you can minister and encourage and be a, a light to the people around you. But you'll never do that if you're believing the wrong voices. Maybe you've heard the story of, of Moses, and Moses for a little bit, we're going to see in a second. In one conversation, there's these two competing voices, and Moses had to decide, which one am I going to to listen to. Maybe you've heard the story growing up in Sunday school or whatever, but Moses is at the burning bush, and God is talking to him, and God calls him, hey, the, the cries of the children of Israel in Egypt, they are rising up to me, and so Moses, you're my guy. You're my guy, and I want you to go in front of Pharaoh, and I want you to let my people go. You've seen the movie. And so he has this great call on his life, and Moses is not some hero. Moses is just a guy. Moses is just a person that's out in the field watching the sheep, and in this moment, he battles with these two voices. This is what Exodus chapter 3 says. Now go, God talking to Moses. For I'm sending you, I've got a plan for you, I've got a call on your life, I've got a job for you to do, I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You, yeah, you Moses, 
You must lead my people, my, my, my people Israel, out of Egypt. There's the voice of God. Moses, I've got something for you to do, and I'm going to equip you to do it, but you've just got to follow me. And if you'll follow me, I'm going to make a way for you to do what I've called you to do. But that other voice, this little voice of insecurity, we've all battled that, right? It starts to creep up into Moses, and Moses says this. He protested. Who, who am I? You got the wrong guy, God. You better find someone more skilled. Better find somebody more spiritual. You better find somebody that talks better. Uh, you, you, you've picked the wrong person. He protested, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who, who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? And so they had this conversation. You can read it for yourself. And for paragraphs, they're, they're just this competing. Moses was listening to that voice of insecurity, and God was calling him to, to do something. And so Moses had to decide, just like you have to decide, what voice am I going to lead? If Moses would have followed the voice of insecurity and say, God, I just can't do that, you wouldn't know Moses exists. You we wouldn't know his name. It is only because Moses decided, I'm going to step away from insecurity and I'm going to follow the voice of God, even though there's other voice that says, you can't, you're not enough, you're not good enough, you can't talk good enough. If I follow that, then we, we don't know Moses. But Moses decided, just like what we have to decide, I belong to God. And I'm going to listen to his voice. And I'm going to follow where he leads. God answered, hey, listen, I'm going to be with you. That's great news for you. So when God calls you to do something, he doesn't just say, hey, good luck. Give me an after action report. Let me know how it goes. He says, no, I'm going to be with you. When, when God calls you to do something, when you listen to his voice, he's going to be with you. And this is your sign that I'm the one who sent you. When you, have been brought the people out, when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. Here's great news for me and here's great news for you is that God uses ordinary people to carry out his extraordinary plans. Is that God has a plan for the world and he has a plan for you. And he uses not the best of the best. And if he used the cream of the crop, I would not be up here because I'm not great at anything except Oreo cookies. I am awesome at eating Oreos. But other than that, I, I'm not great at anything. But over and over, Old Testament, New Testament, what we see is God using ordinary people, flawed people, messed up people, broken people to do extraordinary things on his behalf. I, you may have read this before. I just think it was awesome. Let me just give you a list of what people that we think are like heroes of faith people that we tell Bible stories to, and let me just give you a list of kind of their flaws. I didn't make this up, I found it. Noah was a drunk, Abraham was too old, Isaac was a daydreamer, Jacob was a liar, Leah was ugly, Joseph was abused, Mo Moses had a stuttering problem, Gideon was afraid, Samson was a womanizer, Rahab was a prostitute, Jeremiah and Timothy, they were too young, David was an adulterer and a murderer, Elijah was suicidal, Isaiah preached naked, which I would not recommend. Jonah ran from God. That's an easy way to, to, you know, opposite of church growth right there. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Job went bankrupt. John the Baptist ate bugs. So does my son, but don't worry about that. Peter denied Christ. The disciples fell asleep while praying. Martha worried about everything. Some of you can relate. The Samaritan woman was divorced more than once. Zacchaeus was too small. Paul was too religious. Timothy had an ulcer. Lazarus was dead. And so... All of these people, all of these people, God used in extraordinary, extraordinary ways. Why? Because they started to listen to a different voice. 
The voices that you believe determines the life that you believe. And because you belong to God, I'm just telling you, you can be who God calls you to be. And you can do what God calls you to do. And let me finish up for the morning. Because I belong to God, I can change what God calls me to change. Because in all of our lives, and I'm first in line, there are some things about us that God would say, hey, let's, let's move away from this. Hey, this isn't your best. This isn't something that I want to be a part of your life. I don't want you to think that way anymore. I don't want you to act this way. I don't want you to talk that way. And because I belong to God, not only can I be who God wants me to be and do what God calls me to do, I can change what God calls me to change. You remember the story of, of Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was, he climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. I can't be the only one that went to Sunday school up in here. Hey, Zacchaeus was listening to these voices. He was listening to this voice that says, I just need to get more, 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 more. Our culture is the same way. It's just that voice of greed. I, I, I can never have enough. And Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. And there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region. And he had become, because he was a swindler, because he was a cheat, because he was despised, because he just lined his own pockets, he had become very rich. He'd, he'd listen to that voice, that voice of greed that says, I got to have it. I got to have more. This isn't enough. More, more, more. Have you listened to that voice before in your life? I have. I, I've been fooled by that voice that says, just slide the credit card. It's fine. Oh, just get the new, just get the better, just get the shinier, because that's the thing that's going to make you happy. That's the thing that's going to get you in the in crowd. That's the thing that's going to finally satisfy you. It's just that voice of greed. We've all heard it. Some of us have followed it. And then Jesus came by, and he looked up at Zacchaeus, and there was another voice. And Zacchaeus had to decide, Where am I, what, what voice am I going to follow? And he called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. And skipping down a, a few verses. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I'm changing what I'm going to listen to. I'm changing the voices that I follow because the voices I believe determine the life that I'm going to lead. And I've been listening to the voice of greed, but now I'm going to listen to the voice of Jesus. And he says, I'm, I'm going to give half of my wealth to the poor. And if I've cheated people on their taxes, which he had, I'm going to give them back four times as much. Why, why was Zacchaeus able to do that? Well, because he listened to a different voice. He was able to change. He was able to become what Jesus called him to become. Not again, we've talked about it before. Not because he got suddenly self-disciplined enough, but because there was just another voice that spoke to him and he said, that's the voice that I should follow. This voice of greed is leading me down a path. Nobody likes me. Yeah, I've got a lot of stuff, but I don't have any friends. But Jesus is calling me to follow him. And when I follow him, that changes me. You cannot, I cannot follow Jesus and not be changed. It's just not possible. If you are a follower of Jesus, your life is going to change. And it's a struggle, and it doesn't happen like a light switch, just on and off. It's a process, and sometimes it's two steps forward and one step back. But if you follow Jesus, Jesus will change you. Here's what John said. We already read it. You belong to God, my dear children. You've already won victory. Like those things in your life, those voices that you've been finding, you've already won victory because the spirit, we talked about it two weeks ago, the spirit that lives in you is greater than the spirit that's in the world. And so you just have to wrestle with it yourself. 
And you just have to be willing to, just like I have to be willing to say, Jesus, is there things in my life that you want to change? Are there some things, are there some areas, are there some thoughts, are there some patterns of living that you want me to shift? Have I been listening and following some voices that have taken me to a place that you don't really want to take me to? It's like a a sculptor with a block of stone, and the sculptor can see this is what this stone can be, this is what this stone has potential to be, but in order to get that, I've got to chip some things away. I've got to knock some things off. And the sculptor is willing to cause damage and even maybe to cause some pain to the rock in order for it to become beautiful and for it to become what the artist had in mind. And the same is true for us, that God in his mercy and God in his love will start to point out some things and put a finger on some things and say to Kyle, hey, I I don't like the way that you're thinking. And I don't like the way that you responded to that. And I don't like the way that you're living when you're stressed out. And I don't like the way that you talked about this person. And Kyle, I don't like this. And in his love, not in his anger, but in his mercy, he says, I'm gonna knock some things away. And if you will just lean into my voice, your life will become this beautiful, beautiful thing. And we struggle with that sometimes because we're so modern and we're so evolved and I'm so smart and I think, no, I don't need to do things God's way. I don't have to do things. But it all comes back to the cross. It all comes back to do we believe what Jesus accomplished on the cross Or don't we? Tim Keller, who just recently, two months ago, three months, passed away, a wonderful, wonderful theologian, he said this, I love this, one of my favorite quotes. If Jesus rose from the dead, then you have to accept all that he said. If he didn't rise from the dead, then don't worry about it. Why worry about any of what he said? The The issue on which everything hangs is not whether or not you like his teaching, but whether or not he rose from the dead. And that is the crux of Christianity. That if the cross is a true story, then that changes the way that I live day in and day out. It's not just about eternity, heaven, someday. It's that if Jesus really did rise from the dead, I want to follow that voice, and if God puts a finger on some things and some areas of my life that I, I, even if it's painful and and difficult, I'm, I'm gonna be willing to move in his direction because he rose from the dead. Not because I like it. Not because I feel like it. Not because my emotions tell me this is what I should do. It's because Jesus rose from the dead and I belong to him. And because I belong to him and greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, I can change what God calls me to change. There's this great verse. This is a wonderful, wonderful, I don't know if you pray or not, But this is a wonderful, wonderful prayer that you ought to put up on your mirror or put in your car or put as your screen, a phone saver. It's Psalm 139. It says this. This is a prayer that God will always answer, by the way. If you've ever been frustrated by, I don't feel like God answers my prayer, he'll always answer this one. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my exercise. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. If you would begin, and if I would begin to pray this, God in his love and God in his mercy towards us will say, absolutely, I'll answer that prayer. I'll start to point out some things. And then, again, in his love, 
and in his mercy, he'll lead you along the path. He doesn't just say, hey, go on and go do it. Let me know how it goes. He leads us. He guides us. He's patient with us. He's long-suffering towards us. But you belong to God. And because you belong to God, you can be who God calls you to be. You can do what God's called you to do. And you can change what God calls you to change. Here's a prayer for you this week. Heavenly Father, thank you that I belong to you. This week, help me to hear your voice and follow where you lead. Because I belong to you, I can be who you call me to be, do what you call me to do, and change what you call me to change. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your word that changes and shapes and directs our lives. And we live in a society and in a culture that there are so, so, so many voices that compete for our attention. There's so many things that say, if you'll just walk this way, then you'll be satisfied, then you'll be happy, then you'll be okay. But Lord, would you help us to follow your voice? Would you help us to walk out of the noisiness of the world and listen to your voice? Because we want to go where you're calling us to go. We wanna be who you're calling us to be and do what you're calling us to do. And we know in all of our lives, there's things that you wanna change. And so Lord, would you help us? Thank you for your promise that greater is he that's in us and he that's in the world. Give us the strength to do what you've called us to do. In your name that we pray, amen.